I think we're, we're not going to have cheer for the next two weeks, so uh, this is the last one for the next the next few weeks. Most of the shilas that we've done over the course of this of this semester have been entertaining. I, I think I think they were entertaining and interesting and fun in a certain way. But you should know that there are a lot of shilas that a person gets that are not so entertaining and not so much fun and are actually quite sad and quite difficult to deal with. So I want to go in that category, but I think it's a, it's a very important question and something that's nogeil the maisa in an area of halacha that sometimes people don't uh, don't ask shilas about. I had two episodes that happened within close proximity to each other that really caused me to uh, to think about this a lot. Uh, they're, 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 they're similar in a certain way and they're very different in a certain way. One episode is as follows. A uh, Talmud of mine, his wife was pregnant, her first pregnancy, they went for the uh, ultrasound and there was some marker on the ultrasound that showed that an, an elevated risk of Down syndrome. And they were therefore going to do further testing on the baby or babies whatever, to, to see if, uh, if there was, this, was, uh, this was in fact an issue. Now, the day, that, even in the year 2015, First one saved. Even in the year 2015, when uh, when they do when they do testing like that, it still takes 10 to 12 days till you get the results back. So they have to sit for 10 to 12 days waiting to find out what the results are going to be. Now, Down syndrome is, a, is, is, is already determined. It's a genetic thing that's already been determined way earlier in the pregnancy, whether the baby is or isn't. It's just they don't know yet whether the baby's a Down syndrome baby. So the guy came over to me to ask me, what do I daven for? Am I allowed to daven that the baby shouldn't have Down syndrome? Meaning, what's, what's the shayla? Why is that an issue? Are you allowed to daven? You're always allowed to daven. Why shouldn't you be allowed to daven that the baby shouldn't have Down syndrome? So the Mishnah, Masechus Brachus, says that when one's wife is pregnant, on a, what seems like a much less important issue, the Mishnah says that a person cannot daven that the wife should give birth to a baby boy, because it's already been determined whether it's a boy or a girl. And the Gemara explains, once it's past 40 days, the Gemara assumes that's when it's determined. I think scientifically we assume it's determined before that. But the Gemara assumes that 40 days, it's, uh, it's already determined whether it's a boy or a girl. So it's too late to daven for that. So he, he didn't know, what am I supposed to daven for? Am I allowed to daven that the baby doesn't, doesn't have Down syndrome? Now that was, that, 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 uh, was one, one child. The other case shook me up a lot more. The other case was a Talmud of mine who uh, got married a few years ago. They had a healthy baby. They got tested before they got married for genetic diseases through Darya Sharm. I just happened to notice the Darya Sharm sign last week when I, was, uh, when I was here. They got tested through Darya Sharm and they were given the green light to, to get married. And they got married and they had a healthy baby. And now she was pregnant with the second child. And her doctor recommended that they go through a more serious... Um, a more rigorous test, genetic testing, which will test for more diseases and, uh, and will be done in, uh, in a more open way where you're going to be told exactly what's what. You're going to be told exactly what you have, what you're a carrier for, what, what the risks are for the fetus. And they got tested while the wife was pregnant with the second child. And it turns out they're both carriers for Tay-Sachs. Both carriers for Tay-Sachs, not some disease that's not tested for. They're both carriers for Tay-Sachs, which means they got lucky with the first baby. And with the second baby, there's a one in four chance that this baby she's carrying now has Tay-Sachs. And again, even in the year 2015, although this was in 2014, maybe it all changed since then, but even, even in today's day and age, when they do the further testing, you sit and wait for 10 to 12 days till you find out whether the baby has Tay-Sachs or not. Or not. So he came and he asked, what do I daven for? 
Am I allowed to daven that the baby shouldn't have Tay-Sachs? It's already determined. The baby already has whatever it has. Am I allowed to daven for, for such a thing? Now, it's very important to realize that if you become a rabbi and you become someone who answers these kinds of questions, or even just a friend, and a friend starts discussing, theoretically, you know, what would, what would you think about this, uh, this, this question that's going on in my life? Very often when people are asking this question, they're not really asking for a psak. What they're asking for is some chizik. And the shayla is a hechitimtza to get the chizik, to get involved in the conversation in order to, uh, to get the chizik. But we're going to discuss the halachic implications of this, meaning you should just realize that a lot of times something will be masked as a shayla when it's not really a shayla. It's more about there's something I need to tell you, there's something I need you to be aware of, there's something going on here. But let's, let's just take this as a, as, as a shayla. What does a person daven for in this situation? So first of all, that second one completely shook me up because I got tested with Dar Yisharim. Everyone I know got tested with Dar Yisharim, meaning that was, uh, that's, that's always... Uh, now it happens to be, my, my, my wife's doctor now recommends for all, the, uh, for all of her patients that they go through more rigorous uh, testing. So I, I spoke to an expert. Just, this, this is just important things to be aware of, not halacha. This is just important to be aware of. I spoke to a, a genetic expert um, Esti Rose, Davins in my shul, a woman who Davins in my shul. She works in Montefiore, I think. And she uh, and I asked her, how could how could it be? How, was it just a, a lab error that uh, that was made that uh, that could happen anywhere, or is this something that they're not doing? That meaning we have to realize, Darius Sharm did a tremendous service for the Jewish community by pretty much eliminating Tasaks from not not entirely, but. 90% eliminating Tay-Sachs. It used to be, I think, they just had an article in Tablet Magazine, someone sent me the article, that uh, it used to be, there was something like between 50 and 60 Tay-Sachs babies born a year, now it's between 3 and 4 a year. That are that are born so that and that's all because of Dari Sharm. That's because they uh, they were they were leaders in that and they, they made sure that even in uh, the communities where knowing if you're a carrier is going to mean that your sister is not going to get a shidduch if you're a, if you're a carrier. So they came up with the system where everything is anonymous and no one knows anything. You just know whether you're allowed to get married or not. So phenomenal phenomenal service for the for the Jewish community. The question is, okay, we are not members of these. Uh, of, of certain Hasidic communities where my sister's not going to get a shidduch if it gets out that I'm a carrier for, uh, for, for Tay-Sachs. We believe in that people are, uh, in, you know, are, are educated enough sci- in science to know that that's not really an issue. And as long as you get tested, you, know, you don't have to worry about, about these things. So maybe for us, we're ready to move beyond that and we're ready to do, to, uh, to be, to do a more open form of testing. So this woman told me that, uh, that, that Tay-Sachs testing, unlike testing, testing for pretty much any other genetic disease is done in a two-tier test. You have to look for both mutations in the DNA and their, their enzyme level, I think she said, but she said 5% of actual carriers will be missed if you only check the DNA. So, and she said, since all the other diseases are only checked for DNA, so it's likely that that's all they, they check for. So that the method of testing is going to miss a certain number of cases, a certain percentage of cases, and that's how you could have such a case where the, this couple got tested before. Now, it's, it's a struggle emotionally for this couple also, because they now realize that had the test come back accurate, they never would have gotten married. So now they're married to each other, they love each other, they have a wonderful marriage, wonderful children, a uh, wonderful child from, from this marriage, and they're living with the thought that had we known everything about each other that we wanted to know, we never would have gotten married. So that's an, an emotional issue to, uh, to work through also. But uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the SC Rose told me that she would not uh, recommend 
for her family and friends to go to Darya Sharim because for a few reasons. First of all, Darya, and I spoke to a few doctors about this, they say Darya Sharim does not test, we don't know what they test for. They don't give a list. They don't even tell you what diseases they test for. If you go to a hospital, they'll test for 36 different diseases, and many of these diseases that are tested for are real game changers. They're, uh, they're the kind of diseases that you would never, ever, ever want your child to have, and you would do anything to make sure that your child doesn't have these, uh, these diseases. Uh, now, nowadays, it happens to be if you're carriers, you're both carriers for a disease, and you're very advanced in your relationship. Some couples might decide to get married anyway and just do all their uh, all, all their reproduction um, in uh, you know in, in 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 a scientific way by uh, by in vitro fertilization and uh, you know and and and, and uh, isolating the genes, the healthy uh, isolating the, uh, the, the 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 sperm that will uh, uh, that that will see to it that uh, that that there won't be any any issues, but it's uh, the, the the main point that she was trying to make is that knowledge is really power when it comes to genetic testing because if you know what diseases you're a carrier of, you can tell your relatives and prevent them from missing things. But even more importantly, I think, is that a lot of these diseases might be manageable if you know what you have or if you know what the kid has. If the doctor knows before the baby's born uh, what the baby's at risk for, they're not going to waste weeks trying to diagnose a kid who seems lethargic or he seems something's wrong, they're not going to waste all that time trying to diagnose these things. They'll know right off the bat. And some of these things can be managed with a special diet and failure to to uh, to start on that special diet can cause mental retardation uh, that's, that that might be irreversible. So knowledge is power in terms of in terms of these types of things. So I would strongly recommend, just as a uh, for what it's worth, my two cents. I would strongly recommend that uh, you know you're all young men that are either uh, um, starting to to uh, to get married, have gotten married, or uh, gonna have children. Uh, it's it's important to uh, to to know what's what's out there and what your what your options are. Again, Sharm is a tremendous service to the Jewish com- for the Jewish community. It could just be that our community maybe no longer needs that service, maybe better served by, by, by a different service. Yeah. A large portion of us already did it, and one of the things is you sign that you're not going to go get tested. Really? Yeah. You have to sign that you're not going to go yeah, to get tested? Once, once you start getting matched, because if you call in and another girl calls in and say not a match, and then you go and get tested, you could figure out your system. You have to sign that you're never going to get tested? That that's that can't be legal. <laughs> no, I mean they can tell you what you can that you can't. If you want to use us, that's fine, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I have to look into that. That that sounds scandalous. That's that sounds really. Uh, I mean, according to what you're saying now, though, the whole thing is really, is really. I mean, you're throwing you're throwing a very heavy thing at it. I mean, I'm not saying that you're wrong, but what you're saying is that, is that they're really missing things. Then, uh, right? I, I'm not saying I'm wrong either. I, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think I'm right about that. Meaning, that I, every doctor I speak to tells me that, yeah, this is it. Look, they did a great thing for the Jewish community, and they're still doing a great thing for the Hasidic community, where it really matters if people know about these things. But you know, in, in uh, where, where most of us come from, it, it we'd be better served by actually knowing. 
what, what we have. And these are good reasons why, why we should actually know. Uh, but okay, let, let's go back to Allah. That was just a uh, that was just my two cents before we, we get to the Allah. So let's go back to the Allah. So here we have this couple, these two couples. They want to know what to what they're what they're allowed to daven for. So the source of the whole sugya is a Mishnah Masechus Brachos, as I mentioned before. The Mishnah Masechus Brachos and Daf Mandala tells us Hatsoik Lishav Ar Harezu Tfilashav. If a person davens for something that already happened, where it's too late, it already was, that's a Tfilah Shav. That's a waste of a Tfilah. For example, the Mishnah says. Your wife is pregnant and you daven that the baby should be a boy. That is a wasted tefillah because it either is or isn't. It's already determined. Or, second example, a person is coming on the road and he's coming into town. And he hears someone screaming and crying out in the city that there's some sort of tumult, something's going on, something terrible is happening. So his first tefillah is, that I hope this isn't in my house. Whatever's going on there, whatever... Challenge is happening over there. I hope it's not in my house. That is a tefillah shav. I was just saying this in shul. A fellow came over to me. We had a, a, a house around the corner from us on the second or third night of Hanukkah that burned down uh, because of Hanukkah candles that were left. Uh, they, they weren't even left. The, the family didn't leave the house. They stayed in the house, but they didn't stay in the same room as the Hanukkah candles. And uh, the, the, whole, the house got burned down. The house got destroyed. And the, couple, the, the family made it out uh, by seconds before the whole thing really uh, went up in flames. And uh, someone told me that who lives on that block said that he got a text. There's a fire on Daniel Street. You know, are, are, are you okay? Is your family okay? And the first thought through his mind, what would you think if you lived on that street? His first thought through his mind is, Rebona Shalom, please don't let it be my house. So is that, are you allowed to even daven that? Are you allowed to say, Rebona Shalom? So says the mission, no, you're not allowed to say that. It either is your house or it's not your house. You can say, Rebona Shalom, please let everybody be safe. Let the, let, let the firemen be successful in fighting this fire as, uh, as quickly as possible, but you can't daven, let it not be, let it not be my house. So that, that would be its filah shav. It either is or isn't. It's too late to daven that it should not be your house. That's what the Mishnah says in, yeah. Um, when, when Sarah was davening, she, she didn't have a rechem. It wasn't, it wasn't possible for her to have a baby. So how could she daven if it's already determined that she's not going to have a baby? That's an excellent question. The Gemara asks a similar question, but maybe even a, a less challenging question than the one you just asked. The Gemara asks in Brachos and Daf Samach, Velomahani Rachmi. What the Rebbeinu can't uh, can't change things. You can't you can't daven and Hakadosh Baruch is going to change things. I the pasuk says that 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 Leah gave birth to a girl and her and she called her name Dina, but it says Va'achar Yeldabas. Afterwards she gave birth to a baby girl. What do you mean afterwards she gave birth to a baby? She gave birth to a baby girl. Amarav La'achar Shadana Leah Din Ba'atzma. She only gave birth to a girl because she made the following cheshbon in her head. Rashi and Chumashkot says Va'amra Shnei Masor Shvatim Asidun Latzis Miyakov. She said to herself. We know that Yaakov, we have a tradition, Yaakov is going to have 12 Shvatim that descend from him. Shisha Yatsumimani, six I already had. Arba Mina Shvachos, four are already from the Shvachos. So that's already 10. If my seventh child is a boy, then my sister is not even going to be like one of the Shvachos. She's only going to end up with one of the Shvatim. Miyad Nev Chalabas. So the baby changed. It was a boy. It changed into a girl. So, so don't you see that you could, you could daven and have the baby change, have the gender change? So how come the mission says you're not allowed to daven to have the gender change? Says the Gemara, Ein maskirin 
We don't talk about Mycenaeism. What does that mean? We don't talk about Mycenaeism. Leah did, and it worked. So what does that mean? The Gemara then says, The other possibility is that Leah davened before the gender was, was determined with a sense of finality. It takes 40 days, the Gemara assumes, for the gender to be determined, for the DNA to be completely uh, uh, intact and to be, to be completely set in stone. That takes 40 days. She davened within the first 40 days, and therefore it was okay for her to daven. What does that mean, Ein maskir and Mycenaeism, though? So the way most of the Rishonim understand it is, can't ask kashas from Leah. Leah was different, and this would answer your kasha with Sarah also. That when you have an unusual tzedekas, someone of Leah's caliber, she could daven for Nisim. We're not allowed to daven for Nisim. If something's already determined, we're not allowed to daven that it should change. But Leah's allowed to daven that it should change. But So that's, that's the, the conclusion of the Gemara. Now, the uh, Shulchan Aruch paskins this. Shulchan Aruch writes, in Simen Reish Lamed, Hamispalel Masha Avar, if someone davens for what already was, goes through the whole thing. It's a tzvila shav, and gives the example of a pregnancy with achar mem yom liibura, except Shulchan Aruch adds in that line. As long as you, if you're davening after 40 days, it's a tzvila shav. You're not allowed to daven on the past, you only daven on the future. Shulchan Aruch's lashon is, Yispalel adam ala asadavo, v'yitein hoda'a al sha'avar. Aruch HaShulchan makes a big deal about this also, that the definition of tefillah, the definition of any bakasha, it always relates to the future. When we ask the Rebbe Hashem things, we're asking for things in the future. When we're talking about the past, we're thanking the Rebbe Hashem for things in the past. We are never asking for things in the past. You're not allowed to ask for things in the past. Yeah. Ah, oh, so first of all, is tefillah shav even an iser? Maybe it's just a waste of time. Tefillah shav means it's, it's useless, right? So there is a comment that Rabbi Kiveger has on, uh, on Shulchan Aruch, where Rabbi Kiveger says, uh, says pretty clearly, Rabbi Kiveger, um, I'm just trying to find the Maramakam over here, but uh, yeah, Rabbi Kiveger writes in his commentary to Shulchan Aruch, I want to read you the exact Lashon, um, I can't find it when I need to. But he writes that it's an iser. He writes that it's an iser, that you're not allowed to daven. That tefillah shav is a wasted tefillah. It could be, uh, yeah, here it is. In Simon Reish Lamed, Rabbi Kivega writes, Al yispalil adam levakish davar sheinu teva. You're not allowed to daven for something against nature. Va'av she'yecholas b'yad ha'kodesh baruch hu, even though Hashem is fully capable of doing it. Va'asu l'spal she'yaslo ha'kodesh baruch hu neis. So he uses that lashon. It's aser to daven that Hashem should do an ace. Now why it should be aser, we'll get to in a moment. But before, before we even get to that, the, if we just had this halacha, so what would you say about the Tesaks baby, about the, the potential Tesaks uh, situation? Tefillah shav, it's aser to daven. The potential uh, Down syndrome, tefillah shav, aser to daven. Yeah? Okay, now Pashtus, before we get to the next Maramakam, Pashtus is, it shouldn't make a difference because the case in the Mishnah of a pregnancy after 40 days, they had no idea if they were carrying a boy or a girl. 
So even though it wasn't known to anybody, it's still Asr Adavan for it, because it's already been determined. Here's the problem. There is another Gemara. There's a Gemara Mesechs and the Gemara tells us the following. Now, when you look into the sugya of davening for a nace, which is what davening for the past is, it's davening for the past to change, which is a nace. So when you look into the sugya of davening for a nace, there's one question that everybody asks, and one question that I think is a much stronger question that nobody asks. And I, I'm going to focus tonight on the question that nobody asks, and I really have no idea why nobody asks it. I, th- I feel like I, I don't understand. The question that everybody asks is that the Ramah writes in Hilchus Chanukah and in Hilchus Birch Samazon that if a person misses Allah Nisim in Birch Samazon, when, when you're supposed to say it, what do you do? You add it in a Harachman. You should say, Hashem, you should do Nisim for us like you did for our forefathers back in the olden days. So everyone asks, all the Akram say, How could you ask a Kurdish Baruch to do Nisim? You're not allowed to daven for a nace. That's the Kasha that everyone asks. How can the Ramah say that there's a Harachaman where we specifically daven for a nace? If there's, uh, if there's, if, if there's Allah, you're not allowed to daven for Nisim. That's a good Kasha. It's a Kasha that all the Akram deal with. If we have time, maybe at the end we'll get to it. But the kasha that I think is a stronger kasha, I mean, it seems to me to be a stronger kasha, but is not dealt with, so it must not be a strong kasha. I must be missing something. But uh, when speaking to various Gedola Yisrael over the course of the last week, uh, we're all, they seem to be missing something also, if it's not a strong kasha, is that there's Gemara Mbam Metziah Daf Membeis. Gemara Mbam Metziah Daf Membeis tells us, Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, Eina bracha metzuya, ela bedavar asamoy mina ayin. Bracha can only be found on something that's hidden from the eye. Meaning, there will be bracha on something that people don't know about, right? Which is what you're referring to. And he quotes a pasuk. Maybe it relates to Ayin Har in some way. And then the Gemara gives an example. You go to your garden, you go to your threshing house, you already have all your, your grain taken from the field, harvested, and you put it in this silo. And now you're going to measure what you have there. Before you measure it, says the Gemara, you should say, Once it's already measured, Once it's already measured, and you're going to daven that it should be good, and you should have a lot of grain, it should be bracha, So wait a second. And before it's measured, it's not a tefillah shav, apparently, according to this Gemara. Why? Why is it not a tefillah shav? Isn't this just like the baby in the womb, where you don't yet know what it is, but it is one thing or another? The grain that's in, that's in your warehouse, that's in the silo, you don't, know, you don't yet know how much it is, but it is a certain amount. You don't yet know its quality, but it is of a certain quality. You just don't yet know. Why is that any different than the fetus or the house that's burning down. It, it is something you just don't yet know. Yet by the fetus in the house that's burning down, we say, tefillah shav. And over here we say, ah, it's a good thing to daven for, you should daven that there should be bracha. To me, this is a bomb kasha. I don't understand the difference. So your first inclination is to say, okay, it's a machlokas and sugyas. Sugyam brachas against the sugyam ba Can't say that. Shulchan Aruch paskins both of these halachas back to back in Shulchan Aruch. Paskins the halacha of the of davening for the baby that you're not allowed to do it's tefillah shav and paskins this halacha that it's appropriate to daven that there should be bracha in your uh, in, in in your silo. Yeah. The case of the it's 
Yeah, but what about the baby? Meaning that would work, but it wouldn't work for the baby case. Because that's not you do with anybody. This is talking about before the days of ultrasound. What's the Lashon by the sign of Shetishlach? The Lashon is, It's like, it's not, is that, is that, is so then why can't you do it after you measure it? Why would it become a tefillah shav after you measure it? I mean, that was my first inclination also. That, I mean, after I realized that it's not a steer and sugyas, was that it must be that it's a tefillah in the future. That something's going to happen. The grain can swell. The grain, you can process it properly. But then why, after you count it, can't you daven for that anymore? Well, I mean, it's, it's one thing to say it would require a, 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 more of, a, of an effort from a Kodesh Baruch Hu, so to speak, not effort, but more of a, uh, more of a zuchus on your part for a Kodesh Baruch Hu to make the grain swell when you, when, when you already know, but to call it a tefillah shav. I thought, that, why would you call it a tefillah shav? So I sent the Shaila around. I sent the Shaila to, to different people that I asked Shailas to. But before we get to what, what the different people responded, um, what's the reason that you're not allowed to daven for an ace? What's the problem with davening for a miracle? So it seems that there are three or four different possibilities of why you're not allowed to daven for a, uh, for a miracle. There is a Gemara Masech Shabbos on Daf Nun Gimel. The Gemara tells us a wild story, really. The Gemara tells us, There was a guy who Nebuchadnezzar's wife died, and there was a baby that needed to be nursed. And he couldn't afford to pay for a wet nurse to nurse the baby. Uh, so, A miracle happened, and God gave him the ability to lactate and to nurse his own child. Because he didn't have a wife to nurse the child. Says the Gemara, Amr of Yosef, Unbelievable, what kind of zuchus this guy must have. Kodesh Baruch Hu did such a nace for him that he's able to nurse his own baby. No, not, not how great this guy is, how awful that is. That Kodesh Baruch Hu had to change nature for him. The implication of that Gemara, at least according to Shita Sabaye, is that Rosh Baruch is not happy about having to change nature. He'll do it sometimes, but it's, it's with a kracht. He doesn't want, to, doesn't want to change nature. Hashem wants to preserve nature. And that's why this man is criticized. And if that's the case, maybe we can't have him for an ace because we shouldn't try to push a Rosh Baruch to do something he doesn't want to do. We shouldn't try to, try to push Hashem's buttons to make him do something that we know is not in, in, in his interest. Hashem is not interested in changing nature, ideally. That may be one reason why we're not allowed to daven for an ace. Another reason, another two reasons emerge from a Gemara Masecha Shabbos and Masecha's Tainus. The Gemara Masecha Shabbos, Davlam and Tainus, Davchaf, Gemara says, La'olam al yamur adam b'makam sakana lomar sha'osun l'neis. A person shouldn't go to a dangerous place and say, ah, I'm, I'll be good, Hashem, Hashem loves me. Hashem loves me. Haraya, I'm still here. So Hashem must love me, so I can go to a place where I, I need a miracle in order to survive. It will be fine, because Hashem loves me. Hashem will do an ace for me. Why can't you do that? Isn't that great bitachon? Right? Isn't that a phenomenal uh, demonstration of bitachon? Says the Gemara, first of all, Shema ein osin lo nes. Maybe Hashem won't do an ace for you, meaning it's somewhat presumptuous for a person to say, yeah, of course, Hashem loves me, Hashem's going to do an ace for me. For a person, to, maybe that's maybe that's the uh, the Yisra Davin for an ace. Who do we think we are that Hashem should do nisim for us? It's one thing that Hashem should give us our bracha within the derech hateva. 
But who do we think we are that Hashem should, should perform miracles for us? So maybe it's considered presumptuous. It's like going to a Makam Sakhan and saying, Hashem loves me and Hashem is going to take care of me. Hashem is going to give me an ace. Another passage, in fact, Rav Moshe talks about Rav Moshe in, uh, in the Tshuva. In Someone asked Rav Moshe if it's permissible to buy life insurance. Oh, the Yisra be to buy life insurance? Like sometimes you have to think, what was going through the person's head, right? What would, be, what would the potential problem to be to buy life insurance? So, lack of bitachon. Because if you buy life insurance, it means you hold that you might die. But, so you don't have bitachon that you're gonna that you're gonna live at least till the end of the term. You know, when if you buy term life insurance, so uh, so you, it's a it's a lack of bitachon. The Shoel thought. Someone said to me last night. Someone came over to me and said. Uh, a rav. He said, "I was at a Shalom Zacher. We were at the, the rabbi's table, or whatever. And we were hacking, and they, they were talking. Is it is it a lack of bitachon to use ways? <laughs> you understand the question? Like, I said, you got to hazard over that chuba from Ramesha about life insurance. What is, is it a lack of bitachon to buy life insurance? Ramesha says, no. Is it a lack of bitachon to work for a living? It means that Hashem is not going to provide me. You have to make normal uh, business decisions. You have to you have to mitigate your risk, and you have to you have to do whatever you can to uh, to see to it that your family is taken care of. And Adraba, you're not allowed to be sonich on the nace. Even uh, he says he says unless you're Leah, you know, like the Gemara says that Leah was allowed to daven for Nisim. We're not allowed to do that. Hashem. We can't rely Hashem's going to do Nisim for us. Very similar idea, this Gemara, that Shema ain't nace. Maybe Hashem's not going to do a nace for you. You can't presume that Hashem Baruch is going to do a nace for you. Then the Gemara goes on, the next few words, it says, V'im nace. And you know what might even be worse than not having a nace done for you in that situation? Is having a nace done for you. Because then, It might take away from your zechuyos. You don't know the price of that nace. A Kodesh Baruch Hu might be exacting a very, very expensive price for that nace. You might be giving up a lot of zechuyos. So maybe that's why it's inappropriate to daven for a nace. That he, maybe Hashem will listen to our tefilos. And that's going to be Menachem Zechuyosav. The, 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 uh, the, the achronim explain that maybe that's what we respond when, when someone benches Gomel, Misha Gmachal Koltov, Gmachal Koltov Selah, is a bracha that it shouldn't be Menachem Mizuchiyosat. That just like Hashem gave you Koltov, He should continue to give you Koltov and not, and not withhold because He just used up, used up all your Zuchiyos. That's what some of the Achronim explains. Yaakov says that if you're doing something for the sake of, uh, if you're davening for a nace, that's going to be tremendous Kiddush Hashem, or that's going to be for all of Klal Yisrael. So then it's not going to be Menachem Mizuchiyosat to have that nace because that nace is going to create new Zuchiyos by creating this tremendous Kiddush Hashem. But if it's a nace that no one's going to know about, and it doesn't create this tremendous kiddush, Hashem, it's just going to take away from your zechuyos. Yeah. Um, what's called davening for a nace? Like, uh, if my someone's deathly. Ah, so the definition of nace is very, uh, very difficult over here. Meaning, does it? What, what if they tell you uh, it's a one in a thousand? So can you daven to be that one in a thousand? Or if there's no chance. Right, daven to win the lottery. It's a miracle. It's a one in. Uh, you have a better chance of getting hit by lightning twice, right, than uh, than, than winning the Powerball. But uh, but we don't we don't it's 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 not a nace. Someone wins, so it's not a nace. So that's a very difficult question to try to figure out what's a nace. But something so at, at least something that's impossible by by the natural order of the world that people will look at it and say that's that's statistically impossible. That can't that can't happen. Okay, because we don't know. It, it might be, but we don't. Know, we have no idea what the value is. We don't know what we're giving up. It's like it's like a kinyan with a katan, you know. Like he doesn't, he doesn't know. Uh, 
You know, it's like uh, what was the Maisa where the child sold all of his zuchiyos and all of them for uh, for a baseball card. You know, the, at that point in his life, the baseball card was the most valuable thing to him. So it's a, we don't know what we're playing with. We don't know what, what we're what we're giving up. So okay, so what do we do about this? Yeah. Do you think that the the pregnant woman thing, like since you said like, oh, I want this to happen, I want it to be a boy, or for the the other case, I want it not to be my house, but for the the grain thing, you're saying I just want like rough, like whatever happens happens. It's not that you're saying I want the the grain to be more. I want like. You're not saying something dark, but you're just saying like... Uh, the Chida in Birka Yosef discusses what kind of tefillah can you say about the grain. Let's say you know that this silo never produced more than uh, 20 sa'a of grain. Can you go and daven? There should be 40 sa'a of grain in here. Or can you just say in vague terms it should be bracha? But to daven for the impossible, so he's misupak about it. So you say maybe within reason, but then why would it be us to do it after? To daven, to daven afterwards, meaning whatever you're davening for, what, what, what are you, what are you having in mind exactly? It's it, the, the, that's the challenging part. I meaning I can explain why you'd be allowed to daven before. I can't explain once I know why you're allowed to daven before you measure it. Why it would then be also to daven after you measure it? What changed? Now I, I, I spoke about this with, with. It isn't like it's already set. Like you have. To what's set? So then why can't? Why are you allowed to daven for that before? What? If it's it's already set before also. Before you measure it, it's already there. It's, it's a t- difficult challenge. I, I was talking to Rabbi Moshe Tarragon from uh, Haratzion, from Gush, this week, and I, uh, I asked him what he thought about this. And he's looking and he says, in Shemayim they're laughing at us. He says, there's, there's something we don't know about grain, that they're like these, <laughs> these, these foolish city boys. <laughs> you know? He's like, we're missing some, some, some basic... Some basic fact, but I have yet to figure out what that what that basic fact is. I'll tell you what. What I, I asked the Shaila around a little bit. Um, I sent the Shaila to. I sent the Shaila to Rav Yisak Zilberstein, uh, enter of Mori Rabbi Rav Shechter, and um, my good friend Rabbi Shai Shechter sent it to various Kedolim that he's in contact with. So I got a good uh, hekif of what different different people say. Now, when I said Rav Zilberstein, it should be uh, just to make clear. Rav Zilberstein has a very interesting and and extremely geschmack and entertaining style of psak halacha. I generally, personally, don't go to him when I need a real psak halacha. I go to him with shilas that I think he'll have an interesting perspective on, or that he'll enjoy the shilas because it's a you know more entertaining shilas. Because it's not really uh, that's not my masora. You know, his style is not the masora that I was really. Trained with the Masara I was trained with is Rav Shechter, Rav Willig, Rav Sachs, you know that kind of uh, that, that kind of a style. So it's uh, it's a different uh, it's, a, it's a different style of psak. Rav Zilberstein is a tremendous tzaddik. If you ever meet him, it's just a phenomenal zuchus. A different style of psak. So he, he writes he, he he wrote to me as follows. He writes, Hagoren sheyisraba eno neis galui kolkach. To have the the silo become greater in number is not such a neis galui. I think it means sometimes they swell, sometimes they grow. Similarly, Taysaks. What's, what's the end of the sentence going to be, right? What do you mean, similarly, Taysaks? That, that, you expect them to say, no, no, no. But, but Taysaks, that would be a nice gully if the baby has the genetic makeup of a Taysaks. It says, Kayotse Bazet Taysaks, Eino Nais Gully Kolkach. 
Ki hareos lo yiftuchu. The lungs haven't opened yet. Vakarosh baruchu osa shareos yiftuchu. Yispatchu. Vakarosh baruchu will make it that, that 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 could happen. First of all, I don't think it has anything to do with the lungs. Doctors I spoke to said that that it's 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 in, it's 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 in the nervous system that. Uh, and there are no symptoms recognizable in the baby that has Tay-Sex that's here for the first six months. So whatever it is, then according to Rav Zilberstein, you'd be allowed to daven until you get to the point where it's obvious that something already happened. So it means even after the baby's born, you'd still be allowed to daven that you shouldn't have Tay-Sex. Because the first six months, there are no, no symptoms that, 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 that are, are, are visible. And then it deteriorates quickly. The baby usually doesn't make it past his fifth birthday. Me'idach, he says, on the other hand, to turn a nekeva to a zacher, that's meshana kalabria, that's a nez golo yotze midarech hateva, u'valzeh asu l'spalel. And similarly, he says, if they look in the ultrasound and they see that the baby doesn't have arms or doesn't have legs, you can't daven that he should grow arms and grow legs. Because that's yotze midarech hateva, that's something that's completely unnatural. So what he's, the distinction that he's drawing is, would it be something that would freak people out. It's like, that's, that's crazy. How did that happen? If you measure your grain and then you measure again and again it gets, well, if you didn't measure your grain and you measure it the first time and it turns out that it's really big and much bigger than you ever expected it to be, you're like, wow, I just had a great day. But it's not, oh my gosh, how did that happen? But if the baby that didn't have any arms in the, in the, in the ultrasound all of a sudden has, grows arms, how did that happen? So, but he takes this to mean that even though you know the genetic makeup of the baby, the taste actually thing is that you can still daven for. I found that very hard to, to accept. I don't know what that. I don't think the, the genetic. It's it's already determined. It's already yadua. I don't know what that means. Yeah. So is a boy and girl. So the Gemara assumes because Chazal were Kovea that uh, DNA is, uh, is established at 40 days. So I would, just, I would say you're allowed to daven for the first 40 days that well, the baby shouldn't be a tay sex baby. Because that's, that's, that's what Chazal Rukavea. Maybe there's something... I'm not saying genetics don't do anything. I'm saying that we can, we can rely on the umdana of Chazal, even knowing what we know, and knowing that we don't know everything, that we can rely on the umdana of Chazal, that uh, that for forty that for forty days you can uh, you can still you can still be mispalo. Well, even though the genetics are there, because Chazal assume that the genetics aren't kavua yet, even though they're there. That they could still they're still adjustable in some way. Probably you'd have to say the same thing for Tezak, even though I, I'm troubled by it also. Yeah. So the thing would even say if you got back the diagnosis, you could still. Yeah, yeah. Bukhara. Now he he thinks you shouldn't do any ultrasounds or tests or anything like that. Anyway, that's his uh, another shita that he has because he thinks once you know certain things, first of all you'll get you'll you'll get depressed and your mazel will be bad because you're depressed and then you're not going to have uh, you know, your tefillahs aren't going to be listened to because you're depressed and uh, once you know certain things you're uh, um, you, you'll, you'll give up hope you'll have yeah or whatever. So he he thinks that he has uh, several reasons that he gives why he doesn't think uh, he doesn't think it's a healthy thing to do ultrasounds. Obviously, in our communities, we um, we don't hold that way um, for the most part, as far as as far as I know. Um, now that the the uh, I, I saw I was looking all around for anyone who dealt with this shaila. I saw in the Dirshu Mishum Brewer they quote from Mechaim Kanievsky that he suggests that it's normal for a goren to be misrabe. I don't know what that means, so I wasn't really sure what that what that's about. But 
Rabbi Shai Shechter sent me a, a letter he got back from the author of Chavzal Sasharon. I don't know his name, but the author of Chavzal Sasharon, you know, all those volumes, big fat volumes, very nice svarim. So, he, what's his name? Yeah, okay, Karlbach. So he he writes he writes back. L'chora hayishuv kach, bracha he inyan kayom b'habria. Bracha is something that's built into nature. Haribo sheyera min amiut zu lohan hagenisit muchletas. For something small to become big is not an entirely or something that's small in number to become many to multiply is not entirely miraculous. And therefore, you're allowed to get hana from such types of ma'isenisim, where something small just increased in volume. And Hashem says, if you do mitzvahs, there's going to be bracha in your tavua. So as long as you have some grain, to have more of it isn't totally miraculous. As opposed to an entire shinoi in the bria to change something. From a boy to a girl, from the problem in that house to be the problem in a different house, that's a shinoi muchletas. I was very bothered by this also. What does that mean? That, that, that you're allowed to, so if you look in the ultrasound and there's one baby, you could daven that there should be three? Because you already have, you already have one? Answer the question with grain. He's saying that once you have grain, you could daven that there should be more. That's why once you counted it, it shouldn't work. It's through the show. Right, because it, right. I mean, he's saying there are two levels of nisim. There's a nace that's that's um, mind blowing, completely game changing nace, which you're not even allowed to have before, even if it's hidden. And then there's a nace that's only a moderate nace, where you're only not allowed to have for it once it's already known. But if it's not yet known, you're still allowed to have for it. That's what he assumes. Um, according to that, in Tasek's case, you would not be allowed to have and then he sent me uh, a letter he got from Rav Ma- Rabbi Shai Shachli, and sent me a letter he got from Rav, Rav Mandelbaum, who wrote, wrote, writes these very beautiful svarim. He has one on, I think, on uh, adopted children and uh, all sorts of interesting topics. And he writes, Tefillah al-Zachar is not because it's Samei Mina'ayin, it's because there's no value to any Tefillah on something that already exists. So Chazal were not Mesakein uh, Tefillah, it didn't, I don't understand how that answers the grain thing, though. I didn't understand what, what, what he... He says, the way the tefillah should be, I mean, he clearly says that it should not be, you should not daven for the Tesach situation that, there, that the baby shouldn't have Tesach. What you should daven is that meaning Hashem should give me strength, Hashem should give me the, the koach to deal with whatever whatever I have to deal with. That's what he should have for. If Shechter was intrigued by my question, um, he wasn't sure what the answer is to the stira. In terms of davening, he said that they should daven, that they should be blessed with healthy children. Broadly. We should be blessed with healthy children. And interestingly, he said, you shouldn't daven about this particular pregnancy. Daven, we should be blessed with healthy children because this pregnancy, if in fact the child is not healthy, it could be that the greatest rachmanus will be that the child will never be born. So don't daven for this pregnancy. Daven, we should be blessed with healthy children overall. A very uh, striking thing. We, yeah. we should have healthy children. 
and which you means you're not davening that this that this baby should die, but you're davening that we should have healthy children, and maybe it would be the biggest rachmanus if uh, if if in fact the baby had taste sex, if the baby wouldn't uh, wouldn't make it. Now it happens to be just not to to leave everyone depressed. In both of these cases, the further test came back and everything is fine. Um, Baruch Hashem. Now with the Tasex couple, they're going to have to uh, be very careful about how they have children in the future. And uh, but but this baby's fine. Bez Hashem will be born uh, okay, and uh, and they'll they'll be able to have other children with in vitro fertilization, and everything else, with all that modern science has has to offer. But I just thought this was an interesting take on a question that I didn't see anybody ask. So I'm very curious if anyone is uh, you know over vacation, you go back home, you talk to your uh, shul rav or any talmidicham you come in contact with. Get back to me. Let me know. Uh, let me know what people say about this uh, this stira. I'm really really interested in finding out more. Okay. Enjoy your vacation.